Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Twin Peaks Season 1 Episode 7, it's called Realisation, full spoilers for the episode. I think the first thing I'd probably say about this episode is that it is the second last one of Season 1 and it did feel like the first half of a two-part finale. Yeah, I get that. Everything, everything kind of ended on a cliffhanger, you know. Uh, oh, Cooper's met Jacques. Oh, Bobby's planted something on James's bike. Someone's, yeah. someone's watching uh, Laura's cousin. I forget her name. <laughs> Laura's cousin. Maddie. Mad- Maddie. There you go. Uh, like so, all these like cliffhangers at the end. I'm like, oh, this this feels like the first half of a finale. Uh, yeah, you got the stuff going on with Jacoby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, well, we've been starting with food the last couple of times. So let's start with food. I I want to point out two things, two key food related things of this episode. One, one of them pained me to my very core. Well, we'll see which one it is. First one, the, the lighter one, Ben and Jerry were sharing ice cream. I know, they cried me up. <laughs> it, was, it was just, at first I was like, oh, Ben's eating ice cream, that's fine, right, he's eating, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's weird to be carrying around a tub of ice cream when there's like company, but sure, he's eating ice cream. And then Jerry comes over and starts like sharing it with him and I'm like, and then they even comment on the quality. He's like, oh, this needs more... As if, as if they're good with recipes for ice cream. It just... The whole thing cracked me up. Yeah. Uh, the other one... Now, at first it was like, oh, we just cut to a shot at the donut table. And I'm like, god damn it, you couldn't go one episode Twin Peaks. Like, oh, that is a gorgeous plate of donuts. It is. Uh, it was those ones that were completely covered in chocolate all the way around. They looked kind of like soft and it just looked lovely. I know, I'm <sighs> obsessing. I know. Right. Not only did we get a donut scene this episode, the donut scene this episode... Was a dramatic death scene. <laughs> yeah, the blood spattered on the donuts, and, and like I say, and an an entire plate of some of the best best donuts I've seen on the screen were utterly compromised. And what a waste! Is it bad that I was thinking in my head though, like right that I could a- eat around that? Yeah, that that area is bad, but those ones around that edge are completely yeah. still fine. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> I could That's eat those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Waldo. Luckily, he was useful before his death. Uh, Leo didn't quite get to him in time. Let's let's start there. Leo, spying on Shelley, knows about Bobby. In fact, he's got his gun out. He's ready to go. Mm. But he's got a police scanner, and he hears Lucy over the radio talking about the bird. Aye. So he goes to the police station, and he assassinates the bird. (laughs) Because that's not sketchy. Well, they don't seem to be fair. Unfortunately for him, uh, Cooper had the uh, the 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 voice initiated, voice activated. yeah, voice activated tape recorder geared up, ready to go, and we heard a variety of phrases. Uh, one was just the name Laura. One was the name Leo, uh, mm-hmm. and also the phrase "stop it" was repeated. Yeah. So a lot, lot of key things in there to point a lot of blame at one Mister Leo Johnson. Is bird admissible evidence in a court of law <laughs> I don't know <laughs> just just those worth worth questioning hey it's more reliable than a human witness I can't lie but it could have just be saying anything it could be but I mean sure you have to interpret it a little bit more but the bird cannot be intentionally being dishonest and that makes well, it no, but you could train it to say anything. Like you could make it repeat anything, and just because it's repeating that doesn't mean it's what you you think it is. 
if it was immediately assassinated for what it was saying, I, I think that right, lands, okay, that 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 doesn't help. That lands some credence to what the bird was saying. <laughs> that, that may <laughs> lend some credence. I just mean in general, as a, as a you know, a more general point. There was a hit job in this episode on a bird, which resulted in the ruining of a fantastic table of donuts. Twin I'm more upset about the donuts yeah. than the bird, I'm not going to lie. Twin Peaks in a nutshell. Uh, but they made you care about it, though, because they had the whole scene earlier on uh, where they're feeding the, the, the fruit and stuff. Which, But we should mention, actually, that is the one scene in this episode that had uh, uh, Donna's dad, uh, the, the town doctor. He, The actor who played him passed away this week. We should mention that. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame to hear. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I, wanted to, I wanted to mention it. Um, so, yeah, so we had that stuff with Leo. That was pretty much it for Leo. All of it intriguing. Like it was only in like two scenes, but both of them like, oh, he's got a police like scanner. Seats, oh, yeah. yeah, like very, very interesting stuff. Not that there was anything in this episode that wasn't. To be honest, every every plot line in this was firing. I think it's I think it's the benefit of okay, we've had like six episodes already. Everything's been building up. Everything's starting to really pay off in all the the key plot lines. It's the 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 crux of serialized storytelling, isn't it? Yeah. It's it always pays off at the end. Yeah, well, because you, you, you have the issues, you have something like episode four, which we felt like, this was a very, like, obviously everything was important in setting up the information, but it was a, it felt like a very uninventful episode on its own. Yeah. Whereas, you get this other side of it where you get these climaxes where everything finally comes to a head and it starts yeah. to unravel and whatever. So, uh, where we'll jump to next? We'll jump to, uh, we'll, we'll call them the, the, the teenage detectives. Uh, we have... Donna with James and Maddie and they had the tape from the last episode and it turns out to be one of the tapes that Laura was recording for Jacoby. So they find out about Jacoby, they're like, maybe he killed her, maybe not. Uh, but they concoct this plan because there's a tape missing. The one that's dated for the day she died is missing. Yeah. So they concoct this plan that they're going to lure Jacoby out. And at first I was thinking, like, oh, they're just going to play the tape. Oh, no, no. You, you're so naive. Well, no, so, no, this is the thing, right? I say I first thought that. I didn't think that first. At first I thought, oh, they're going to have her pretend to be Laura. And yeah. then he re- reached out and pressed the tape. And I'm like, oh, they're just going to play the tape over the phone. Like, yeah. it, I, it, it, it bluffed me out of it. <laughs> it bluffed uh. me out of it. And, and, but then, of course, the later on, she shows up and she's got a blonde wig on. And I'm like, all right, okay, we're doing this. Yeah, back to what we, what we expect. And she did the impression over the phone and lured them out and even shot a little tape holding the newspaper to prove it's just not some figment of his imagination or some good impression. Had to be done. Which it is. And of course she does a good impression because it's the actress who played Laura. It's convenient that, isn't it? uh, It works out. But so so that's going on and they lure him out of the office and they they sneak in at the end of the episode. That's kind of the last we see of them. But meanwhile, we see that Bobby's spying on them. Hmm. What I think think was interesting though is we didn't quite he didn't quite get a clear look at her to be fair, but I almost wanted like a weird, oh shit that looks like Laura moment from Bobby. Yeah, yeah. There, there was always that moment of like, is it? Yeah. But you don't get oh damn moment. Yeah, yeah. But basically, and when when they go inside Jacoby's office, that's when Bobby sneaks up and plants some cocaine in, in the the gas tank, uh, on the bike for uh, James's bike, uh, trying to set him up. So. That's that plot. I, the, uh, this was a fun plot. Like, as, as soon as they 
as soon as they reached out and pressed the tape recorder, even if it was going to be her dressing up or not, I was alright, I'm into this, this is fun. This yeah, is yeah. this is them properly being proactive and doing something. Yeah. Uh, which also mirrors that, I was gonna say the fact that it happens to be them dressing up and being ridiculous is way more fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, it kind of mirrors the fact that Audrey's plans also get into sort of full effect. Oh, we started the episode with her. Of course, the last one ended with her in, the, in Cooper's bed. Pretty much exactly how we called it was going to start. Yeah, yeah, he was the you know the bigger person. And uh, if anything, I'd argue that he almost went a little bit closer to the line than I thought. Don't get me wrong. He he completely says no, this is not happening. But the fact that he says, I mean, obviously, I want to. But yeah, yeah, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that either. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, rules rules thrown out the window. I'd plow you right here in the bed right now. But I took an oath. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go have breakfast or a late night snack or whatever time it is. Um, and then it cuts away. Yeah, it cuts away. Uh, also, Cooper, just rad, go to the diner. It's, it's basically a nothing scene for them, other than the fact that Cooper's like, no, no. Coffee. You can have coffee. Listen to me, Sheriff. Once a day, give yourself a present. I, mean, I, I, I love, love that Cooper. scene in general, but like, they're literally just there for the coffee. There is no other point of them being in the scene. Oh, yeah. I mean, the scene itself had purpose because before that we had stuff with Hank and that. But, yeah. yeah, their part of the scene it almost had little purpose. It just... But I would never remove it for the world because it's just, it's just Cooper being cookie. It is, oh, exactly. It's great. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. But back to Audrey. So Audrey's got the, the job at the perfume counter. She's spying. She's rather be- shy at it. Yeah, because... As expected, really. Well, you say shite. I don't know if I'd call it shite when she seems to intentionally been bad at it. I think it's just that she doesn't care. Well, yeah, but like I feel like that's different from her actually trying and being... Well, yeah, where I say shite is she's exactly what everyone expected she'd be in the role, where oh, yeah, she sure, does not sure. want to put any effort into it to be anything else except exactly what she is. But, of course, both Laura and... Uh... It's not Polanski, but it's like Polanski. The other girl who who was found that was taken I'm not going to remember it, I'm not going to lie. It was Polanski, I think. But So we're thinking there's a connection here. Something There's some sort of connection to this this job to working at One-Eyed Jacks yeah. and being a prostitute. So Audrey concocts this weird scenario where she she tells the guy like, there's a random stock boy just in the back and she's like oh I think there was an accident outside a bus so, like what's the stock boy going to do yeah <laughs> this, this is after the, the boss has said to the other girl he wants to see her in office in five minutes yes yes yes, yes. Uh, and she she hides in the closet and spies and there's a smoke as a smoke and the the boss is like really sleazy and he's like oh job well done here's a unicorn like that. I thought it was really creepy how he points out that unicorns are, are, are a symbol of purity in youth. Because mm. only the young can tell them. It's like, this is weird given the context. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, you could, you were a hit at One Eye Jacks. They want you back. You could do this job, you could do that. And then he's like, oh, you could be, uh, what was the word he used? Uh, hospitality. Hospitality, yes. And he's, she's like, what's that? And like, I almost thought he might try and trick her by not saying... But he implied very heavily what it was going to involve. Like, obviously, he had yeah, to read yeah. between the lines, but it was very clear. I don't think anyone would mistake... She she knew. That's yeah. like, well, as long as they're rich. Yeah, yeah, that was her attitude. She, she knew what it was. Mm. And Audrey uses all this information so that she talks to the other girl, and she's like, oh, but I lost the number that you gave me. Can you give me it? And she takes the number, and she goes on a little, a little sting, as yeah. it were. 
to uh, Blackie's the name of the madam uh, who works at the one eye jack. She tries to contact Cooper multiple times. She does. She does try to contact Cooper to tell her tell him where she's going. As fate would have it, Cooper's also on his way there. But she did slip him a note so that yeah. she wasn't like, I'm not, I'm going to go and tell no one. She wasn't completely stupid. Which may become important next episode because he may not even see her there and he may come back and realise, oh crap, Audrey was there. We need to rush back yeah, yeah. or something like that. I, I don't know. But that, that's, uh, I think, clearly an important plot point. And she, <laughs> the, the, Blackie catches her out on the lie. Like, she catches her, or she's lying about where she's been from, why shouldn't I throw you out? And she convinces her to give her a job there because she can tie a cherry stem with her tongue. Don't disturb me more about that. Mm. So she eats the cherry first, Mm. but cherries have a stone in the middle. Audrey swallows. Yeah, but that's just... It's a stone. Like, take it out. I get it, but... I, I don't know. I was more distraught by the donuts. I'm not. I'm not I mean, I, w- I was still upset from that as well. I'm not, I'm not upset about a cherry. It, it just it bothered me. I was like, this is weird. Honestly, it was probably just a pacing issue. They didn't want you to have a. It just you know clunky to have her then take it out and it just ruins the. Well, yeah. Sequence. Yeah. I, I yeah. think that's all it is. I don't think it's anything more than that. But she gives her a job, and that's how we end that plotline. Nice. There's a lot. I'm, I'm trying to like sort of work my way through before I start. I'm just checking, going over in my head, just checking yeah, yeah, there's that no was steps that, that we missed. Uh, that, that that was, I think that's all that. That, that was the gist of it. Uh, back over to Cooper and the the sheriff. So they decide they're going to go to One-Eyed Jacks, finally. Although, admittedly, they did have a line of dialogue that kind of explained why they didn't just rush there in the first place. Uh, which yeah. I never considered, so fair play to the writers, they had thought this through. We, they had mentioned that One-Eyed Jacks was across the border in Canada, it's out of their jurisdiction. So it becomes a bookhouse boys thing, you know, an off yeah. the books, let's go and investigate. So it ends up being Cooper and Big Ed. And in disguise. And dis- <laughs> Big Ed puts on a moustache and curly hair. <laughs> and <laughs> Cooper wears a tux and a pair of glasses. And they just have new backstories and names and it's fantastic. Yeah, because uh, Big Ed almost completely messes up and admits that he, he owns a gas station, but then he immediately charms his way out of it by flirting with Blackie. And I'm like, yeah. All right, okay, Big Ed's got game. <laughs> so that's, that's fine. Yeah. Makes sense. Although, Big Ed's excitement when Cooper's like, right, I've got several grand here of the, the, the Bureau's money. It was um, like 10 grand, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm going to hand you some, Big Ed. We'll uh, try and return some of it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, whenever I borrow the, the, the Bureau's money, I like to return them with like a, a 20 or 30% increase on what I took out. And it's like, so how much would you like to start? <laughs> I just... Surely any, any even law-abiding person, right, if they make come back with more than they started, they would just take the... They'd give back what they took, but surely if you won an extra... You, you'd think. You would just take it. You wouldn't feel bad about it because it was just one. They're getting their money back. Is that yeah. really a moral, ambiguous thing? I could see for Cooper, sure, because mm. he's that's kind of his whole shtick. But it'll be the same situation as Audrey, where he's like, you know what, I really want to. Yeah, but, but I took an like, oath. Well, I have to. I took an oath. But it'll be like, hey, Big Ed, you can keep yours. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of Big Ed. There was a scene in the middle of this where he goes back home 
and Edna's uh, watching Invitation to Love, the, the reoccurring soap that everyone in this show keeps watching. Uh, Jacoby was watching it later on as well. And he comes in and she's upset. She's eating bonbons. She's uh, deeply, deeply upset about something. Someone's rejected something. She had all these plans for a new TV and a boat and something else. And she starts crying. And I was like, what is all this about? I don't know where this is going. And then it turns out the entire time that she's talking about her goddamn drapes. Because <laughs> <laughs> of course she bloody is. <laughs> she was going to sell the, the silent drapes. She was going to patent it and sell it off and make a fortune. And a patent got rejected. <laughs> of course it did. One-eyed Jackie. Not sure that really worked. Nah, I was going for a one-eyed pun. Because we have one-eyed Jacks and she's got an eye patch. I was going for yeah, a thing. Yeah. I didn't, Should we talk about the soap? I didn't land. Obviously there the wasn't soap. much, but there was a, a shooting. There, there was a shooting, yes. Talk about the shooting. What happened in the soap, Connor? So, were they, were they friends? Uh, like, obviously, we only get glimpses of these soaps, so I'm not entirely sure of, oh, it's of to who see, everyone yeah. is. You get the impression that they're, they're, they're friends or something, they know each other, and one, he shoots him in the back. Yes. And that feels very symbolic of, of maybe something about to happen in the next episode. I would if argue. not literally, at least thematically. Yeah, possibly even what we've already kind of seen with uh, Catherine in this episode. It could be that. Yeah, because that's definitely a backstabbing of sorts. There's elements of that in there. Yeah. Anyway, the Cooper uh, Big Ed sting operation. Obviously, Hawk's out in the out in the van. He's got the the, the yeah, gear yeah. on. He's listening in. They're all wired, as as they do, as you do, in sting operations and. Big Ed sort of turns away awkwardly at one point because Jacques Renault, who we've been hearing about, shows up. He's the, the new dealer on the craps table. Mm. And Big Ed sort of like quietly just slinks away and I'm like, oh, oh, so someone knows him, right? And uh, so so that's kind of how it ends. Like, Cooper, oh, you must be Jacques. And he's like, indeed. And that's where we end that. And Cooper's doing rather well at Blackjack. He he's is. Like, he's like, oh, 21 well. again. Wait a minute. I, I, that confused me because he said he was going to the craps and then Big Ed was meant to go to Blackjack. And now I he's a Blackjack. some time had passed. Probably. Oh no, because Big Ed didn't like Blackjack, did he? And he's like, ah, oh, Blackjack's not my game. It, yeah, but it kind of sounded like he came back from playing Blackjack and was like, yeah, uh, I lost be. all. Because he even said something about losing the money and Cooper says, I'll cover it with with my winnings. Uh, it could be. But Cooper was definitely playing Blackjack. Oh, he was, yeah. You're right. I said craps table because that's what he said, but you're right, he was playing Blackjack. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, they mentioned 21 again. You're right. Yeah. Uh, he must have been doing rather well if it was it again. Oh, aye. Oh, aye. He was, he's doing okay. Uh, so will Cooper run into Audrey at One Eye Jacks while that happened? Uh, we know Jerry's on the way because that Ben and Jerry scene ended with him taking all the the Icelandicers. Is, is it still Iceland? Is it Sweden now? I can't remember. There was a different Icelanders. nationality. Sorry? I don't Icelanders, not Icelandicers. Yeah. Is that what I said? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but because there was a different nationality. So I think it was Swedish people in the, the pilot. Yeah, but then the, the ones, yeah. the new ones that came were Iceland. I know, because... but I couldn't remember which way around it was. Yeah, like if yeah. you started definitely with that way. Iceland and went to Sweden or that. Nah, nah. But he's on the way there because they wanted to go to One Eye Jacks. Uh, which Ben wasn't happy about them knowing about One Eye Jacks because Jerry's just like, oh, I take full responsibility. And he's a sly little like, yeah. smirking way. He's like, oh, I just want to go for a night out at the casino. What, yeah. what can I say? I, I, need, I need another haul. I mean, basically, this was just a really exciting episode. I feel like every plot line was just firing on and really interesting. I mean, obviously, the Ben and Jerry stuff is probably one of the least interesting things in the show. I mean, it's it's not bad. It's just it's there for its plot. But you reasons. feel like it's going to pay off at some point. Oh, probably. Uh, maybe the entire, you know, Icelandic boardroom members all meet a horrific fate or <laughs> something. I don't know. 
Maybe they just all order donuts. Maybe they just oh, maybe they just all donuts. Uh, we mentioned Catherine earlier. Let's talk about Catherine because so last episode, Jocelyn and Ben met up, and we weren't sure of the nature of this relationship. And it came after the previous episode where there was a connection to Hank, yeah, which was again weird. We didn't know quite what it meant. Were they in cahoots? Uh, was it like a was she under duress like did she like it was just like a dark thing from her passion wasn't around anymore that kind of felt like it was there it still kind of did in this episode because when we see Hank at her place no dialogue but he takes off the coat and he looks happy and she still looks worried she still looks kind of uneasy uneasy yeah maybe not she's been forced but forced in a kind of She's just unsure of what will happen if she doesn't do this. Yeah, that kind of thing where he's not actually forcing her, but it's kind of like to quote it's to quote it's always sunny in Philadelphia. She's the implication. A, the implication <laughs> is there. <laughs> I know exactly where you were going with that. <laughs> the implication is there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so but she she also like confesses at least partly to the sheriff about spying on on Ben and Catherine. And she brings it up. But she only brings it up because he brings it up because he knows about it because Hawk spotted her. Yeah, like, well, well, you've been seen there, so come on, yeah. might as well tell me. And she gives him this sub story and then he like reiterates this to Cooper. So like, she's in trouble, we need to do something. And Cooper quite rightly says, well, how much do you know about her? Like, you know, she's relatively new to the town and that she's only been here a couple of years and she's taken over the mill. She was the wife that came in of the previous yeah. owner and all that. And he's like, I don't know, but I love her and that's enough for me. And then Cooper's like, well, that's enough for me. Let's look into it. And I feel like that's going to come back and bite them. Cooper's such a hopeless romantic, isn't he? It, oh, he's so, he so is. He's, he's, he's got a heart of gold. He's such a... It's, it's really funny, actually. You could write Cooper just slightly different and he'd feel so two-dimensional and cheesy. Yeah. Because he just he's always doing the right thing and he's he's so good at everything. But it's just, it's got this it's right... It's just got that, that quirky offbeatness that yeah. sells it. It's offbeat, yeah. It's got this weird twist to it that makes it feel different. It makes it feel fresh. And McLachlan mm. uh, owns the role as well. Like he's yeah, just, yeah. He's, he's doing great. I mean, most of the cast are actually really good. It's, you, get, you get the odd... Uh, like I think character. I think I know not to bring it up again, but I think it really helps that he's passionate for these like little food and coffee things. Like, oh, yeah. that, that sells him as a character, as a real person. Uh, uh, and it contrasts with all these just, oh, let's do everything by the books. And It also makes everything. them extremely relatable. It does. Because I love, I love donuts. I love coffee, admittedly, but I can appreciate the love for a, a good drink. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, that, that, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, so Catherine kind of realises there's a plot against her because an insurance guy shows up at her house. <laughs> Hi, the middle of the night. Middle of the night, because the the policy is going to come into effect in the morning, or at midnight specifically. I think he even says. Yeah. And he, he at first he says he forgot to get one page of this signed, but he actually reveals that. And I actually think this is quite smart. This is a smart insurance man. It's a life insurance policy, which means someone Jocelyn is going to get paid a lot of money on her death. Mm. And he thought it was suspicious that. She was too busy, and uh, Ben was going to get everyone to get the signatures with him not there. He thought that was a little bit fishy, no pun intended, because uh, Pete caught a nice fish and had a trophy early on. Uh, but he not sure that was enough to make it a pun. No, but it's not so much it was a pun. It was just that, as I said, I thought of the, the trophy and the fish, and Pete cracked me up with the complaint. It was too big, like it was smaller, but the, the stuffed it too big. Yeah. 
And he says, oh, size isn't everything. I, th- I thought, it, it felt like a weird size, you know, penis joke, but in the opposite way, because he was upset that it was too big. <laughs> it was, it was, but so he's like, no, so I, I left this last page unsigned intentionally, so it had to be done, and I had to come and see you. So Catherine now knows about it, and we see the name. It's the money all goes to Jocelyn if something bad happens to her, and we kind of get a sense as well uh, from Ben earlier on when he, if, he phones Jocelyn before we see her with Hank. It's that same scene where he says she needs to be there tonight because presumably Leo's going to burn the place down and kill her as part of the cover up of it. That's the assumption, and the yeah. idea has been planted about the the fire in other people's heads. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Jocelyn mentions that someone wants to start a fire. So they'll shift the blame nicely. It will shift the blame, and I feel like she is playing everyone actually because her saying that he, he's met, he's heard, she's heard them mention a fire puts a blame in Ben as well. So if this all works out for her, both like Catherine will be dead and Ben will be the blame for it. And, and she'll get all the money because she went off to split it with Ben. But it seems like Hanks at pulling the strings of all this though it feels like Hanks the one who actually wants this to all happen, which mm. means like I don't necessarily think she's the one who's going to benefit directly. No. On paper, sure, but it'll be Hank that's actually... It's never that simple in this show, is it? Of course it's not. But that's that. That that, 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 that was that plot. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, obviously, one small thing about Hank, he was actually grilling Shelley, in, in a polite way, but he was interrogating her to find out about Big Ed. It was like, oh, yeah, she mentioned someone was helping her. Uh, was, was it Pete? Maybe and she's like, oh, you mean Big Ed? He's like, oh, Big Ed, and he's just like, oh, the it's, evil. It says he goes, oh yeah, that was it, Big Ed, and, and then she she just walks away and carries on with the job and he focuses in on her, in on him then, and then the music comes in and he goes, oh, Big Ed, eh? And then he steals a lighter <laughs> just to prove that he's still bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we got that from everything else. The look would have done it, but like the look alone would have been enough. I mean, it, honestly, anything. Just, just him saying about Big Ed to her was mm. okay. We get what this is. Yeah, it's intimidating. And then it gives you this, the close up on his face. Then it gives you the evil music. Then it gives you him give, saying saying the line. And then he seals the lighter. It's like overkill. What gets me? It. What gets me about that last part though is that I feel like he's meant to be this like head honcho who you know Lee was scared of. He's this big badass. Yeah. This big bad crime guy, and he's like still tempted for these little petty thievery moments. Just because he can. Yeah, I guess so. Just because he can, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's, just, it's there. I want it. Right. Um, I'm just looking down the characters, uh, making sure I've not missed... <laughs> if we missed anything. <laughs> making sure I've not missed any key plot points. I don't think I have. Uh, I, I guess we never talked talk about Shelley's scene with Bobby quite as much, because we find that, obviously, one of the big things from last episode is that she fired the gun at the end, and we see that he gets shot in the arm. It, yes. From what it appears. Uh, we never actually mentioned that. We talked about Leo. But... Bobby's like, oh, I'll take care of everything. I'm going to take care of James. I'm going to take care of Leo. And that's pretty much it. Not too much of them in this episode. Uh, but they got a lot of screen time last week, so that kind of... Yeah, it's more sense. plays into the being the, the drugs being planted later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, no, there you go. That's uh, this week. Oh, one key point. Leland Palmer, Mr. Palmer, Laura's dad, did catch uh, Maddie sneaking out to play Operation Jacoby. Yeah. Uh, sitting in the dark like a light, right depressed weirdo, just sitting there doing nothing. Pretty much. So it's very strange. That should be interesting. Uh, if that comes into play at all, I imagine it would do. It wouldn't make a point of showing us that. Because it was only it might be the only scene he was in the episode. And, oh, I think it was, yeah. And there'd be no point in having it there other than to show us. And if it's not going to come into play, 
what's what's the point yeah uh so uh, good episode i don't feel like obviously it didn't give us the uh the the wild theorize theorizing stuff that we sometimes get in some of these episodes but they'll, they'll give us like a hint of the dreams or the other world of stuff and we go nuts with the speculation I'm still convinced that Leo's not directly responsible for killing Laura. Obviously, he was there that night. Obviously, stuff went on. He was involved with her in some way. I, but it's it's too all of it's too obvious for it just to be him yeah. that's the killer. And wh- whatever it is is incriminating enough that he wants to cover it up. Oh, of course, yeah. He's still he's still done something wrong, no question. But yeah, I I don't think it's directly. It's he's still the too obvious, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, as for that, not a whole lot of theorizing but it was just a really solid episode in terms of like all the plots they're all given good suspense there was good quirky humanist moments as twin peaks often does but it all of them were really hitting these moments where audrey's undercover they're they're tricking jacoby with fake laura they're you know the the the, the cooper and that have went to one-eyed jacks everything's like moving to big places we're all, we're all in the thick of it right now yeah and hank's up to something i feel like hank's going to be super important in season two of course, I've said that people who have watched it will be laughing because he like dies next week or something. I don't know. <laughs> he might. No, <laughs> in our luck, probably. Uh, but we've been talking about this mill getting burned down all season, so I feel like that's a season finale thing. That does feel like a season finale thing. And obviously, like we said, we were expecting it to happen later that night. Yes. So I'm expecting that to kind of bleed into the start of the next episode. Well, well like I say, I I feel like this was the first half of, of a finale because of all the way that the plot's like left dangling. So I think that most of the next episode might even be the same night. It might just be a continuation. Oh, I think it will, yeah. Uh, Halloween 2 style. Uh, if you're a fan of those movies, you'll get what I mean by that. Uh, but, no. So that's uh, Twin Peaks Episode 7. We have one more left in Season 1. Remember, once we hit Season 2, we'll be going two per week. So that we're done for the, the new series starting uh, in May. So thank you very much. Let us know what you thought of this episode in the comments below. Uh, like and subscribe and all that stuff. Get us on Twitter at mild underscore fuzz if you want updates about the channel and stuff that's going up. Individual Twitters on the screen for our normal, regular, everyday ramblings. Thank you very much for watching, guys. We'll see you next time.